Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Bucks game is over. Are they one win closer to hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy? Let's talk about what happened in the game with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show on The Fan. Your local Pick and Save stores, the official grocer of the Milwaukee Bucks. All right, let the complaining begin. 116-113, Hawks beat the Bucks game one of the Eastern Conference Finals in Milwaukee. They've already done what they were supposed to do. Right, I mean, it doesn't. The series doesn't start till somebody wins a road game. Well, it's officially started then, because Trey Young just balled out. Forty-eight points, eleven assists, seven rebounds. He did have six turnovers. Seventeen of thirty-four. It wasn't even on from three-point range. Four of thirteen. Ten of twelve from the line in forty-one minutes of play. For Trey Young, the Bucs simply did not have an answer. And I will, you know, I will give credit where credit is due. They realized the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young, Trey Young can't beat Drew Holiday straight up. It, not consistently. So what they were doing was running screens, pick and rolls, trying to get the matchups he wanted. I love PJ Tucker. I do. I don't know how he works in this series, is in, in the starting five. Because whenever they wanted to, they could get P.J. Tucker on that switch, including late. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, he's not quick enough to stay in front of him. He's just not. So that presents a problem. And then Middleton, he tries to guard him. And they pick him off, and again, back to P.J. Tucker we go. That is going to be a problem. The other issue is, which we knew coming in, and Eric Name talked about it earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. When you start talking about him being able to get to the rim, Trey Young, and that little floater that he's got, it's very, very hard to stop. You go to halftime of the TNT game, Charles Barkley's on the TV going, well, Bucks are playing this like a regular season game. Talked about it earlier on the Big Show. Told Gary, told Leroy, said, watch, he's going to play it more like a regular season game. Wouldn't be surprised if they're in the 30-some minutes, somewhere along that range. He's not going to play him a ton of minutes because they just played a ton of minutes, number one. And number two, I don't think Bud really came in here thinking that they, I mean, he, look, to the media, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. It's going to be a tough matchup. I, I don't think... Though, to be honest with you, that he came in thinking this was going to happen. I, I really don't. He played Chef T six minutes. Chef T got into the game. Now, oh, he played Bobby Portis, too, for 15 minutes. In the 15 minutes, 11 points, eight boards. 
more effective to a certain degree than probably Brooke Lopez. And again, pointed out by Barkley, Brooke Lopez is useless at this point based on this matchup against Atlanta. Here's my other question. We came into this series talking about what? Well, dominate the paint. Dominate the paint. Outside of Capella, there is nobody else. Go get them underneath. Let Brooke Lopez work underneath if you're going to play him. Post up, go at, go at him under the rim. If you would have told me that they would have beat their butts so badly on the board, the Bucks, I would have thought you're nuts. 15 rebounds from Collins, 19 from Capella. And they did this same type of crap against Philly. They did. But me being Bucks fan was like, you, you are not dominating the boards like that against Milwaukee. Like, that's just not going to happen. And with a couple minutes left, the Bucks actually had the rebound advantage. Now, at the end, they get out, ended up getting out-rebounded by five. But at one point, they were up by two or three. And then you had the one possession there towards the end where they had like, I don't know, four, four opportunities, four second-chance shots on one possession, and eventually... And then Collins hit a three on him. You can't have that. <laughs> you just can't have that. That's not even to mention having a play in which you need a shot and you decide, and I don't know if it was drawn up to get Pat Content a wide open three or what the deal was, but there's no way, no how, I'm drawing up a play for Pat Connaughton to get me a three. No chance. Maybe, okay, I take that back. If he was like four of four in the game or something like that, okay, maybe. Maybe you can persuade me to let Conton take a big-time pressure shot at the end of the game. Maybe then I can get down with you. Pat Conton was one of six in the game, didn't have a single three-pointer made, and that's what you decided to do? They Again, to Bud's credit, there, was, there were a couple times out of – you know, sideline out of bounds plays and so forth, and they got easy baskets. So he definitely deserves credit for that. Not going to sit and ridicule him for everything. Content, I, I no idea. And, of course, he then shoots an air ball on top of it to make it even worse, and then you got Giannis just trying to volleyball it back into play to save it from going out of bounds. All right, Bucks lose 116-13. You, you, you tell me. I told you numerous things that stand out to me. What stands out to you, Bucks fans, as far as what went wrong in this game, how do you lose game one of this series against the Atlanta Hawks in Milwaukee? There's part of me that thinks they just kind of relaxed a little bit. They beat the Nets and just said, well, they're not going to be as bad as the Nets. Like, we survived that. We'll beat anybody now. And I have been on the radio saying the exact same thing. You beat the Nets. The rest of this, you should be able to take care of business. Uh, and obviously, they were not able to take care of business. There are positives. It took 48 points from Trey Young to beat you. Is he going to average 48 in this series? He better not. Uh, 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us as well at 1250 AM. The fans to pick a basketball post-game show. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer here. Sam Schmitz, who's here all the time, producing Other Side of the Glass. Start things off with Trell on the north side. You're first up on the Pick and Save Basketball post-game show. What's up, Trell? Man, 
It's one game, man. It's one game. There's six nah, left. Don't, don't go. No, nah, nah, just wanna, one game. It's one yeah. game, Trell. It's one Marky, game. I do not want to hear that about no one game. You do not let a player come in and score 48 points on your home court in the first game of a series. That was a terrible defensive plan by Bullhoser to drop Brooke Lopez down by the rim yep. and allow Trey Young to get in the rhythm of shooting his floaters and shooting those deep threes. That was terrible. You know what? I cannot wait till that guy get fired. I, I don't. I don't care if they win the championship. I would not give him an extension. I'm sorry. He would not be, if, because even if you win a championship, you gotta. You gotta say, well, I want to get this guy a three or four year extension. I don't want him here anymore. I mean, I, I've seen enough. Dude, he he is just dumbfounded. But realistically, Trout, hold on one second. So let's say let's say they win the championship. Okay, let's they say. But hold on. Let's say they beat Atlanta, then they beat Phoenix or the Clippers, whoever it is, right? They, so they win a championship. We have a parade, uh, huge parties all over town, celebrating. Okay. Now the season is officially over, and now, you know, he's got one year left on his deal. So there are three options, really. A, um, you fire him, uh, which I think the, the people around the country would just be like, what are you doing? B, uh, you no, let no. him play out the last year of his deal without giving him an extension. And that would get you some side eyes. Uh, or C, do what Leroy's been saying, which is give him a contract extension for winning you an NBA championship. But having all of that on the table, with the Nets having Durant, Harden, and Kyrie going forward for the next couple of years at least, because they're under contract altogether, regardless if it's Boonholzer or somebody else, are you going to beat them anyhow? Uh, honestly, i tell you the truth. Um... The only way I think he keeps his job if they win a championship, I think it's already in play who they're going to hire already. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. You I very well could be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I do know I this. If, if the hire already. That's, that's what, what it I'm should thinking. be. I would agree. If they lose to Atlanta, he's definitely gone. But they're not going to lose to Atlanta. They're cu- they're going to win this series. They're the more talented yeah, team. They're going yeah. to win the series. Sparky, but let me tell you something, though. I said the same thing you said. I'm as confident as you are. But one thing I know about the Milwaukee Bucks, and this is the way I've been feeling like this, is because every time they're favored or you think that they're supposed to do it, that's when they have problems. And this was a terrible way to start off this series. Um, you, you haven't lost at home all playoffs, and now you choose the first game of the Eastern Conference Finals to lose. It's just terrible. It really is. you got players out there shimmying on you. That's yeah. how much respect Trey Young has for you. He's shimmying on you on your home court and dropping almost 50. It's just terrible, man. Very embarrassing. But is it in positive – that he had to score almost 50 in order to barely beat you. Isn't that a positive? Uh, I'm not going to look at it that way, Sparky, because they got, they got capable players. I mean, they had a lot of players that did not play well at all. So so just like the uh, the Curter guy or whatever, he had 27 in game seven. Yep. Uh, he didn't score. He didn't, he didn't do much tonight, but that doesn't mean another game in the series he won't have a 20-some point game. So uh, I, I'm not going to play like that. That was not supposed to happen. Bootnose had three days to scheme for that, and that's, that's that's the very thing people were saying. I hope he doesn't play that drop coverage with Brooke, Brooke Lopez, and he did exactly that and stuck with it for too long. Got Trey Young into a rhythm, and he almost had 50. That was just terrible, man. I'm, I'm embarrassed as a Bucks fan tonight, for real. Yeah, well, we've been embarrassed on national TV during the Nets series by Barkley calling us stupid and dumb and everything else. ESPN called Milwaukee a horrible city. I mean, again, we've been through all of this before. Yeah, one game, one game is not going to demoralize me at this point. I've been pissed off by all that commentary. Right. Why do we got to show up like this the first game of the series? I'm just, yep. man, it's just puzzling. I got you, Trail. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it.
So listen up. Um, a couple things. Do you think Trey? Do you really think Trey Young's gonna average forty-eight? I don't. Maybe he will, and I'll be completely wrong. I have no idea. I don't think he's gonna average forty-eight. That's first. Second, we can sit here and talk about well, they should have defended Trey Young better. He's the only guy they got. Can he make other players better? Yes. Do you want to talk about something that you can improve on, that you physically can control more than probably dealing with Trey Young? Schematically, you can change things, right? You can try and run two guys at Trey Young, uh, do different things. Fine. I'll tell you what you need to stop. You need to stop Capella and Collins from having 34 rebounds between the both of them. That's what you need to stop. That's what has to stop. You, You want to talk about something that physically you can handle. P.J. Tucker's physical. Brooke Lopez is physical. If you're going to play him, at least have him rebound. Bobby Portis is physical. Have your Middleton and Holiday crashing the boards. All of that stuff, that's what has to, to me, that's the simplest fix in this whole thing. Like, keep those two guys off the boards. You can't allow them to have 34 rebounds game in and game out. To me, that's more realistic to continue for the entire series than it is Trey Young to score 48. Maybe you disagree. If you do, that's fine. What do you think went wrong uh, in this game? And again, your opportunity to vent, because I'm sure much many of you are hot. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. You can also uh, tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan will get to some of those as well. Uh, let's see here. Mike the Painter, you're next on 1250 AM. The fan, the Pick and Save basketball postgame show with Sparky. What's up? I don't know why it took us... So long to, to defend that pick and roll at the top. It, that's what just irked me. And like you were saying with these rebounds, you can't let those two guys beat you down low and get those rebounds like that. But come on, Brooke Lopez, you got to go out there and at least charge Trey Young instead of keep on backing down. That that just was disgusting. Watching him back his way down to you know yep. to the basket. He all he had to do was just go at him a couple times, you know. Give him a hard foul. Make the guy hurt. He's already had a limpy shoulder. Right. You know? Yeah, this was disgusting. But, yeah, I'm like you. I, I'm not saying it's over, you know, because they won game one. But, but, yeah. but again, what what it is is, and, and Mike, thanks for the call. This is the deal. And I'm guilty, right? And y'all want to blame me, blame me. Coming into this series, I said Bucks and five. Am I changing? No, I'm not changing. I think the Bucs can win the next four, sure. What I'm a little bit concerned about is like how they as a team approached the game. Now, certainly, when you come into an Eastern Conference Finals playoff game, there should be no questions about effort. There should be no questions about energy. There should be no questions about any of that, right? You should come out and just be ready to go. I just feel like maybe there was a little bit of a letdown on their side where it was... All right, we beat the best team. Now let's just go out the roll out the ball and we'll get these guys. And it, it simply did not happen. And there is a reason why these guys, you know, are where they are in these Chicago's finals. Because everybody, a lot of people, have underestimated them. That's what's happened. So if you do the same thing, then you are going to end up losing this series too. As fans, we can do this all day. We aren't the ones playing. You all are. The players and the coaching staff, y'all have to take them seriously. We, As fans, we don't. Doesn't matter to us. We're just going to rip you if you screw it up. That's all that's going to happen there. 
Trey Young's not averaging 48, folks. It's just not happening. So once we move past that aspect of it, then what else can you control to try and fix this going forward? And to the same aspect of he's not going to average 48, Drew Holiday is not, is not going to average 33. 10 assists, 2 steals. That man played a hell of a basketball game. Did offensively. That's what we were looking for the entire net series. We couldn't find him. So props to Drew Holiday. Middleton went missing. Zero of nine from three. Giannis did Giannis. Nothing special or spectacular, but put up his numbers. Almost had a triple-double. Drew Holiday played great. But again, is Drew Holiday going to do that every game? Probably not. Just like Trey Young is probably not going to average 48. That's why I say the 34 rebounds, again, from Capella and Collins, that is what has to be fixed. That is how you have to go into this going, keeping them off the boards. Like everything else, we'll fine-tune and do whatever, but we cannot allow them to own uh, the glass. That has to stop. Caleb and Waukesha, you're next on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show here on 1250 AM The Fan. What's up, Caleb? Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Golly, brother, this was embarrassing. I got a couple points, and I'm going to hang up and listen. One, Pat Connaughton needs to bag groceries at your local Walmart. No, pick he, and save. He, pick and save. We're, it's pick a pick and save, save post-game show. Save. Come on, Shuttle, Caleb. Leroy Butler, Thank you. Yes. He, he is the reason that the offense goes silent. Every time that he is on the court, he plays significant minutes in playoff basketball. Bud drew up a play in the final minutes for him to shoot a three and airball it? Why are you on the court right now? Two, we do not play big ball against a small team. Why are, not, why are we not playing bully ball? We have Bobby Portis. Came in first quarter, started dominating. Took him out. All of a sudden, Bryn Forbes hits a three. Misses the next one, took him out. I don't get what Bud is doing I mean, I get you on the – there was a couple inbounds plays where Bud drew up a couple good plays. couple. Out of how many plays? 60-some plays that were run throughout the game? Uh, yeah, they had a total – we'll just talk about field goal attempts. They had 102 field goal attempts for the Bucks. That's a ton. And Chris Middleton, too, by the way. I mean, this guy is a max contract player. I do not think so. We – I don't know what to say. This might be Giannis's boy – Whatever, you know, Giannis might have vouched for him. Hey, I want to play with this guy. We need to trade him for a bag of oranges and a, a, a box of popcorn. I do not care anymore. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Caleb. That type of frustration is going to be felt across the state of Wisconsin tonight. And I don't blame any of you for being frustrated. Milton had a bad game. Agreed. Milton saved your butt in that net series the last couple of games. You don't have to like Chris Middleton. I'm not asking you to. I'm not asking you to accept that Chris Middleton uh, is worth max money. Not accepting. I'm not asking you to do that either. But you do have to give credit where credit is due, and that is Middleton saved their tail end in that last series. He did. Drew Holiday didn't do it. Giannis did all he could do. That Middleton saved their tail end. They would not be here right now in the Eastern Conference Finals if it wasn't for Chris Middleton. I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to stop letting you call in. If you want to slam Chris Middleton, whatever, do what you got to do. I'm just telling you from my perspective, they're not here without Chris Middleton at this point. 
Bucks lose 116-113 to the Atlanta Hawks. Dial it up. Let's hear from you. Your turn to vent. Your turn to let it all out. Better let it all out to me than let it all out on your family and wake the family up and have the kids crying and you're screaming about the Bucks. No need. Just call here. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The Fan. It's time for the Wendy's Player of the Game on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show. Get yourself a free Wendy's Frosty after every Bucks win. All right, Bucks come up on the losing end tonight to the Atlanta Hawks. Really is truly remarkable uh, that they lost the game, but they did 116 113. So, game two comes up Friday night back at Fiserv Forum again. Uh, hopefully, the Bucks can figure out how to win that game on Friday night. Bart Winkler will be in here hosting the show, uh, Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show on Friday night, and then I'll be back on Sunday and Tuesday uh, and Thursday hosting those post game shows going forward. But Bart will be here. On Friday night, hosting the post-game show, Evan Heffelfinger will be his producer on Friday night, and then Sam and I back for the next three games uh, after that. So the Bucks lose. Player of the game is what we're talking about right here. I guess you could debate Giannis uh, with 34 points, 12 boards, nine assists, couple of steals, couple of blocks. Uh, but I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go this way instead. Oh, hold on one second here. I got to remember here. Right there. High speed and roll. The red hot Holiday was able to knock down another. Drew Holiday has had a huge game. Huge game indeed. He is your Wendy's player of the game. Highlight courtesy of TNT. Marv Elbert uh, there on the call. So what went wrong, Bucks fans? Your turn to vent. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan will read some of those tweets. Uh, coming up momentarily. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Dan in Brookfield. You're next on 1250 AM, the fan, the pick and save basketball post game show. What's up, Dan? Hey, Sparky. Do you recall another playoff loss against a team not named the Detroit Pistons or Orlando Magic in which you were still equally as confident after the game as tonight? <laughs> no. Well, no, I take that back. I take that back. Okay. Hold on. I take that back. Because Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, Bucks up 2-0. I'm on this post-game show saying it's going to be a sweep, get your brooms out. And then they lost the next four in a row. So I would say I was pretty confident going into game three in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. That was right after the Airsan Eliasova game. I, I was right there with you. But everything about this win felt as unsustainable for the Hawks to me as did game one this year against the Heat. Had the Heat been able to pull that off? Nothing about it seemed to make me where I have fan against the Bucks of the Hawks or the Heat, believed that they could win this series. Um, came into the tonight feeling Bucks and five, Bucks and six, worst case, and I don't exit tonight feeling any differently. It's just so difficult to imagine Chris Middleton shooting over nine again from three. Trey Young, of course, forty-seven points, and you know, getting out rebounded um, by the two big guys. Everything about tonight, you know, as much as it hurts to the Bucks fans to see them, you know, failing again in in prime time. It just doesn't seem sustainable to me at all. What do you feel? I, I don't know if it's sustainable either. Uh, but what my concern is, as I mentioned earlier, Dan, is can you keep Collins and Capella off the boards better than you did tonight? Because I think that's the one thing where I feel if you watch that Philly series, they were able to sustain that. And I, I, the Bucks must stop that. Because if they don't, 
they're going to continue uh, to create problems for this Bucks team. So, so what do you think? I know you know Coach Bud is obviously taking a whole bunch of heat this series or this this playoff uh, run, and I think he's you know been a bit you know uh, taking the task for stuff that is not his fault. But tonight, you know, for the first time in a long time, the Bucks closed with a, a big lineup or a, a, a closing lineup where Giannis is at the five. Yep. What do you think of that? I mean, that that could certainly have hurt their rebounding chances, even though Brooke Lopez is not a fantastic rebounder for his size. But it was the whole game is where you got beat. I mean, it wasn't oh, just sure. at the end. It was the whole game. Thanks for the call. That, to me, is what I'm concerned about. That, that to me, is what I would be hammering on. Now, tomorrow, I'm off tomorrow and Friday. Uh, so, Gary, Leroy, Tim Allen in for me uh, tomorrow on the uh, Wendy's Big Show. Sam Schmitz uh, and Tommy Altizer uh, will be in uh, tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show uh, for Dan Plucker. It takes two people to replace Dan Plucker. Two, I tell you. Uh, so they'll both be in tomorrow. And I, I don't know where Gary and Leroy are going to go with this thing. I mean, I'm imagining Leroy will defend Bud through and through no matter what. Um, I'm guessing they probably both will, and which is fine, because I don't think this game is all on Bud by any stretch of the imagination. You know, Middleton has to play better. They have to uh, take care of the boards better. Uh, and they have to figure out a way to slow down Trey Young some. But again, he's not going to average 48. I, I just, I, I'm not there on that one. Let's go to Vincent, north side of Milwaukee. You're next on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show. What's going on, Vincent? Good evening, Sparky. Um, what I don't understand is why Pat Connor didn't deserve that many minutes in the fourth quarter. Same question we asked all season. He wasn't guarding anybody. All season. He wasn't rebounding. All season. He wasn't scoring. All season. And, and it's amazing to me when Porters came in and gave this team a lift, why, does he get, why doesn't he get those minutes? Thank you. I have no idea. I mean, Patsy has been Bud's guy all uh, all season, uh, and regardless of whether you think he belongs on the floor at the end or if whether I think he belongs on the floor at the end, Bud's going to do what Bud wants to do. So that that's part of it. And it felt, again, this felt like a regular season game a little bit. Giannis goes out five minutes ago in the third quarter. Giannis goes out early there in the first half a little bit. Uh, Jeff Teague's in the freaking basketball game. When Jeff Teague came in the game, I said to myself, Oh man, Bud really doesn't think this is going to be a problem. Like he's given Teague even minutes in this game, trying to get guys rest in spots where he can, uh, thinking he could win this thing down the stretch. And he was wrong. They couldn't win the game down the stretch. And it, it, the one way I thought they would lose would be if Atlanta got hot from three. That's how I thought they would lose a game to Atlanta. They didn't get hot from three. They were as horrible as the Bucks were from three in that game. Exactly. And, and they still were able to figure out a way to win the game. That's right. They killed. They 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 basically killed the Bucks in the paint, and, and, and so I, I just don't understand Bud's play that way. And Middleton, it just seems like the first game of a series, he just kind of I, I don't know just disappears. But uh, I, I'm not saying he's going to disappear the whole, whole, whole uh, series. But it seems like first games he has his problems. But but uh, Pat Connaughton in there, and I don't think he deserves those minutes. I don't think he does either. I've been saying that all year. Again, you're right. preaching to the choir here, Vincent. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Now, look, there were there was uh, at least one game I can think of in the Nets series where Conson was huge for him. He had three or four threes in that one game, and without him, it could have been a problem because every time the Nets would try to pull away or get close, boom, hit a three, and they'd separate again. they get close, boom, hit a three, and they'd separate again. I think it was game six. So... He was big in that game, yes. Outside of that game, I don't know if we can go back and look at the other playoff games and go, oh, yeah, Conton was a big player uh, in that deal. 
but he likes him. He's athletic. I'm guessing the thinking was, look, if you're going to get switched on to Trey Young, which is what was going on the whole game, and we're not going to get the matchup we want by having a smaller guy out there in Pat Connaughton gives you a better chance of defending Trey Young at the end of the game uh, in one of those situations where you get switched out. The problem was P.J. Tucker was still out there. He's not quick enough. He's just not. Physical, yes. Quick enough, no. And to me, that that's something that's got to be considered too. And I, I don't know what your what the change is or uh, how you go about this going forward, but maybe that's something to be considered. Jacob Southside, you're next on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show after the Bucks lose to the Atlanta Hawks tonight, one sixteen to one thirteen. Hey, uh, I mean, it's kind of crappy circumstances, but I must say it is good to have the post game show back. It's nice to hear your voice this late at night, Thanks. Sparky. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, but. Uh, First, I want to address this Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman thing. Um, guys, just don't even pay any attention to these idiots. Like ESPN, the four-letter network, they're just the TMZ of sports now. This is all they're designed to do is to try to get people angry. And you know, I'm not trying to get any sports takes from some wannabe former rapper and then some screaming caricature with a giant forehead. Like, whatever. I, I just don't care. Pay it no mind. Now, as far as the game, like... It's very strange to me because on paper, this should be a game that I'm fuming about and just completely angry about. But really, it's just more annoying because this is just what the Bucks do. You know, they get the Bucks fever going in the city. They get everybody hyped for, you know, this big game, and then they lay an egg. That's kind of just what their MO has been, I don't know, for me as long as I've been a fan. So um it's annoying um but again like like you like a lot of the other callers my confidence really hasn't wavered in this team i mean if it takes trey young having to have a superman game like that just to win by a bucket i really like milwaukee's chances um and really the game kind of just came down to that last minute uh, i counted four offensive rebounds that the bucks allowed in the last minute yeah and then you know i don't i don't care exactly. i don't care if the guy was 10 for 10 he wasn't he was one for five but you cannot have Pat Connaughton shooting a big shot given the other names that are available. And to kind of piggyback off of what a lot of other people are saying, like, dude, you saw how effective Portis was when he was in there. How is he playing 14 minutes and Connaughton's playing double that? I mean, I'm not a guy that likes to, you know, I feel like people want to fire the coach always. It's like the first thing they go to. And I've kind of been a bud supporter, but, like, I can't support that. Like Pat Connaughton, 28 minutes in a playoff game, you got to get something different. Great. He played it like a regular season game. Barkley said it at halftime, and he played it exactly like Barkley said. Nothing changed. Thanks for the call. There's no way. There's no chance. In end-of-game situations, that Connaughton should be in there at any type of postseason game. Unless, again, the reasoning is, and we'll hear from Boonholzer coming up, the reasoning is that Connaughton was in there because they were afraid of getting a big switched on on Trey Young, so that was that was the reasoning. That's the only reason I can come up with. I have nothing else. Because God forbid he shot an air ball already. So he wasn't in there for his shooting at that point. He had to have been in there for his athleticism to try and guard Trey Young. There is no other explanation in my mind uh, that you, you could use to defend that whole thing. Nate on the north side, Mike on the south side, Steve in Waukesha. You guys are all coming up. You can be as well. Plus, 
for some of your tweets as well. Coming in at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Dial it up now. Lots of time for you to come in and vent. Bucks come up on the losing end tonight to the Atlanta Hawks. 116-113. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show here on 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Who starred off the bench today? It's time for the backup of the game. Presented by Gene Wagner Plumbing on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show. For any of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. All right, Bucks come up on the losing end tonight to the Atlanta Hawks, 116-113. Backup player of the game. Get it? Backup. Gene Wagner plumbing. Yeah, we're creative. We're, we're, on, we're on. We are on top of this stuff. All right, so let's look at the uh, bench for the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's see. What do we have to pick from? Bobby Portis, 11 points, 8 boards. Four points, five boards for Pat Connaughton on one of six shooting, zero of four, and an air ball at the end. Five points for Bryn Forbes and two rebounds in 12 minutes. Two of four, one of three from three-point range. Teague was in the game. He didn't do anything. He has one assist. That's the only number he had in this entire stat line. Nobody else played uh, for the Bucks. This is pretty simple. Backup player of the game, Bobby Portis. 15 minutes, five of eight, one of two from three. 11 points, eight boards, an assist, and one turnover. He is... Your Gene Wagner Plumbing player of the game tonight in a Bucks loss, 116-113, game two Friday night, Pfizer form, 7.30 tip for that one. One more time, Bart Winkler will be here immediately following the show, along with Evan Heffelfinger, uh, and we'll take your calls after the game Friday night, and then I'll be back for the next three post-game shows after that, Sunday, Tuesday, uh, and Thursday, along with my guy Sam Schmidt's other side of the glass. So what went wrong? What do you want to vent about? This is your opportunity, and don't forget, all day tomorrow you can vent too, starting with the Bart Winkler Show at 6, Wendy's Big Show at 10, uh, Sparky's Midday Madness, Rami filling in for me 2 to 3, and then Rami with his own show uh, from 3 until 6, all day tomorrow on The Fan. Uh, make sure to tune us in all day tomorrow. Nate on the north side of Milwaukee, you're next here on the Pick and Save Basketball Postgame Show. What's good, Sparky? Um, I just got two points. Um, one, Middleton didn't show up tonight. No. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, with all due respect, the last series was the last series. Um, what you do for me now is what I care about. And he's shown me that he's hot and cold. Um, what he's been his whole career. He couldn't, he couldn't get it done today at home. And it's just like, how how long how long do you sit here and 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 just accept mediocrity when clearly this it's about winning a championship um and you can't even give me twenty points um and you just take bad shots after bad shots, not even being aggressive um just taking bad shots and then two for bud to draw up two plays for him at the end of the game. When he's clearly not right, that's. I mean, I don't, I, I don't understand how how anybody can defend Bud at this point. Um, some things he do is is great. Some things, and then some things he do is just it just has you scratching your head. Um, like Giannis, uh, it was a point where Giannis went like three possessions in a row 
bucket after bucket. Yep. Um, Again, you, you should ride the hot hand, right? Isn't that simple? Right. If they can't stop them, keep feeding them. Just keep right. feeding them and let them go to work. And you know, Sparky, the crazy part is, not only did he take the ball out of his hands, he took him off the game. He sure did. Yep. Put him on the bench. Regular season, baby. Need to rest. Got to be ready for the next game. And and it's like and it's like this. I can understand if you want to. And then that's the time where you should be giving him ball at the ball at the top of the key and letting him work. Instead, you take him off the game, you put him on the bench, and then you let you give Trey Young and Atlanta all the momentum that they can to get back into the game. It's only one game, um, but my goodness, I if Bud if Bud doesn't, I think I think every game needs to be a game seven for Bud because. Mm-hmm. I don't think he likes his job. I really don't. No, um, stop. No, no, Nate, we got to go. I got a bunch of calls. No, no, stop. Listen, okay. Y- y'all want to go after Bud? Fine. That's what we're doing the radio show for, right? To let you vent, get your opinion out there, get it off your chest. That's why we do post-game shows. Let me get stuff off my chest, you get stuff off your chest, and then tomorrow, after everybody takes a, a little uh, siesta tonight, a little sleepy sleep, and then maybe a little bit more measured of a reaction. Maybe not. Maybe you'll still be emotional tomorrow, too, after thinking about what happened tonight. But having said that, the man doesn't hate his job, okay? He's an NBA head coach. There's only so many of these jobs. It's not like there's 1,000 NBA head coaching jobs, 5,000 NBA head coaching jobs. Only so many guys get to do this. You, you, now, not everybody, see Steve Nash, um, not everybody has to be an assistant forever, but a lot of these guys have to be coaches coming up through the system for a number of years before you ever get the head coaching opportunity. See Sam Cassell, who still doesn't have one. If he didn't like the job, then he wouldn't be here. He didn't like the Hawks' job, so he essentially told him, I quit. I want out. I don't want to deal with all this. Okay. And he left. Quit on him. So... If he didn't want to be here, he, he could walk away. No question. And maybe he will after this year. Maybe he's sick of hearing all the crap being talked about him, even though he's, in his mind, I'm sure, based on record-wise, has done a fantastic job. Multiple years having, you know, the best record in the NBA, one seeds and all this other stuff. Giannis, multiple MVP under him. And maybe at the end of the year, Bruno goes, you know what, I have a year left, I don't even care. Like, I'm out. I'm done. I'm just getting absolutely drilled from every which way but loose on what I'm doing from the national media, from the local media, from the fans. I'm done. Like, I'm out. Maybe he will walk away. I don't think he will. But maybe he will. And then he has that opportunity. Right now, this dude has never won, never won an NBA championship as a head coach. I promise you, the man is working his tail end off trying to figure out how to win an NBA championship. Because if he's not here... If they do get rid of him and he doesn't win a ring here, the odds of him ending up on a team with a multiple MVP with some of the talent that he has in his next gig probably isn't all that great, to be honest with you. Probably not. Let's go to uh, where are we going here? Uh, Steve in Waukesha, you're next on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show after the Bucks lose to the Hawks 116 to 113. Yeah, it, it, it's been time. I, 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 I can't. You know, I, I try not to get too emotionally involved with uh, sports, especially Wisconsin sports. 
but you know, as soon as they sucked me in, and tonight I was all in. I'm like, you know, I'm hearing all these talk shows, and you know, Bucks and Five, because we'll we'll give Atlanta that one game just to show them a little bit of respect. And you know, Bucks sucked me in tonight, and you know, I could have been cleaning the, the hair out of my shower drain instead of wasting the night watching these guys. And and it's like once again, you know, they they, they pull me in, and I'm just. Not only the Bucks, but all around Wisconsin sports, and and here I am sitting there wasting my night watching this Bucks game, and I'm just like, damn, they did it to me again, and it's so difficult to to, to keep going through this roller coaster up and down, up and down, and who knows, the Bucks may come back and win and go out and win it all. They will. But, well, they'll come back and win the series, I think, Steve. Don't but, don't, don't get too discouraged. It, it's just so discouraging that. You know, you, the, the old saying, you know, only once, shame on you, only twice, shame on me. Man, I got so many spankings coming, how many times that uh, they fooled me. They fool that, all that, of us. You know, Steve. I could have my own uh, dungeon here. Packers fool you cons- more than the Bucks do. Uh, Packers always fool you into believing they're going to go to another Super Bowl. Bucks now have been fooling us now for a number of years as well. Brewers, to a certain degree, Every time they get in the playoffs, I don't know how many people actually think they're going to win a World Series. Now, this year with their pitching, maybe we'll get fooled by thinking they're going to be better than they are when they get to the postseason. But, yeah, but but there's worse <laughs> things in the world, right? I mean, we could just suck forever, never be in the playoffs, and then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Well, sometimes I look at it, it's like, yeah, you know, now I have time, like I said, to clean out the drain in my bathtub <laughs> and, and, you know, get put those little smell sticks down there. Yeah. You know, and, and, Instead of just wasting my time, and it's just so discouraging. I hear you, Steve. Hey, man, I got to roll on. I got some more calls here. Thanks for calling, and don't be a stranger. Friday night, Bart Winkler in here hosting the show. You definitely want to talk to him. Talk to him tomorrow morning as well from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Rami Makloff on the show tomorrow morning with him uh, at 9 o'clock for his weekly hit on Thursdays. All right, so come on. What else y'all got? What else do y'all have to vent about and complain about? 414-799-1250. Tweet us. Uh, 1250 AM fan. Here's one for you. I got a text uh, from Ian in Hartford. You know, Ian in Hartford always used to call the postgame show all the time, and him and I have become friends over the years. So get this one. He just texted me. Postgame comes back and we suck. Thanks, Ian. Pretty much blaming me. You and your postgame show back on the radio, and now we go back to looking horrible again. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, y'all wanted it. I don't want to hear about it. Ha, 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 ha. He responded with an LOL, we stink. But, but, but again, to me, it's real simple. You've got to do a better job controlling Collins and Capella on the board. That, that's, that's where it all has to start. That, that, to me, that's number one. And then after that, obviously, you need Milton to play better. You can't expect Drew Holiday to throw up 30-plus points every night, so that's not going to happen. Uh, and you have to make a decision on what you're doing with Portis and, and Brooke Lopez and which direction you're going. That That's the other thing uh, about all of this. Mike Southside, you're next on the Biggest State Basketball Postgame Show. Hey, Sparky. What's up, buddy? Uh, before, uh, have a good vacation. Uh, yeah, I'm going out of uh, town to Rantoul, Illinois, tournament? for a baseball tournament. Yeah. All right. Good luck with that. Thanks. Now, he said roller coaster. That's my analogy. Sports is a roller coaster. You get off laughing or you get off puking. If you don't want to get on the roller coaster, go ride the carousel. You know, I talked to you Tuesday, and I said, here's the key to the game. 
You have to double-team this kid. You know what I'm talking about. In key moments. And let the other team, the other guys beat you. Well, not only in double-team in the key moments, the rest of the guys kind of beat you. Am I right? Yep. I mean, and I, you know me, I listen 12 hours a day. I heard fans saying, win by 30, they got the trophy. You don't win the trophy in game one. Nor do you lose it. Right. I mean. You don't lose a trophy either in game one of a series. You don't. I think I'm going to go to Great America tomorrow and ride the American Eagle. Might be easier. I, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've been to Six Flags. I need to get back to Six Flags Mark, myself. You'd be screaming your eyes. I'm telling you. I went back before my heart attack. Yeah. And, it, oh, my God. <laughs> I was screaming for my mommy. Oh, it's hilarious. Mike, thanks for the call. I, I do want to go back. It's been a while since I've been to Six Flags. I do want to go back and, and give it a try. The only thing about Six Flags is, like, when I used to go, I don't know about everybody else, but when y'all went to Six Flags back in the day, was there always like a ride that was always broke down every time you ended up going to Six Flags? Sam's shaking his head. For me, Sam, it was Batman. Every time I went to Six Flags, either I was on Batman and it broke and they had to come get us, or I was in line and it broke and I never got on the ride. You know what's funny is I was literally just thinking a couple days ago, like, man, Six Flags would be an awesome vacation right now. Um, but for me, it was always like deja vu. That was always broken down every time. I never oh, went on yeah. that ride because it was always broken down. Yep, absolutely. Did you ever get a chance to do uh, the Eagle backwards during, oh, yeah. uh, uh, what was it? What do they call that thing at Halloween? Uh, I, Fright Fest. Fright Fest. Yep. So years ago, we'll get back to the Bucks. Uh, years ago, I had an opportunity uh, to fill in and host a Fright Fest game show at Six Flags. So I was like a game show host. I brought people up on stage. And they had all of these like insects and all of these different things uh, to where they were challenged to do these different things. And if they did these different things, then they were able to win tickets and stuff. Uh, and while I was there that year, I got to do that that eagle going backwards. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I don't know if they do it anymore, but it was a lot of fun. Maybe we should do a staff outing to Six Flags. That could be pretty fun. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. I mean, once we get through with this run or whatever else... Um, yeah, I think that could be fun, like on a on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon or a Sunday. Uh, all right, let's go to Jay in Waukesha. You're next on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show. Bucks lose Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, one sixteen to one thirteen. What's up, Jay? Hey, hey, Sparky. Not overly worried about the series. You know, you're not going to win a series in in the first game, right? Uh, not a huge adjustment guy either, and so like. Halfway through the second quarter, I look at my son and I'm like, "We're just too, we're too big. We're too big for these guys. We're we're attacking the rim. We're getting the ball with good looks in the post. We're getting offensive rebounds. Uh, you could argue that Bobby Portis is playing as well as any player on our team. So what do we do at halftime? We're up six, and we decide to go small. And I and I, I just don't get that. We're the team that's up six. If because that's Hawks, what Bud does. He's done it, it for it, three it, years. Oh, you want to play this way? Let me adjust it so we can play the way you want to play. He's done it forever. I Sparky, I'm I'm talking I'm texting guys at halftime like Trey Young is twenty five. He's on he's en route for fifty points and they're down six. Like if I'm going into the Hawks locker room, I'm like, you know what? Uh I, I don't like that. I don't like that position. So I would have just played it out 
And in game two, the two things that I think you have to do is you've got to double to get the ball out of Trey Young's hand. Oh, wait. Wait, then- wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We don't double people. That's well, not what we do in Milwaukee. We don't double what, KD, what, and we certainly aren't going to double Trey Young. We didn't double KD. If if we don't do it every possession, about once every two or three possessions, when the shot clock hits six, you 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 send a second guy at him. And then the other thing I would do to adjust defensively is I want the Jordan rules on this kid. Yes, he was too comfortable the entire game. Yes, Portis was the one guy that gave him a hard foul. Yep. I want to see four to five hard fouls yes. when he's shooting that floater time after time after time. He has to be like a receiver going over the middle of the field and knowing he's going to get hit doing so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. Thanks for the call. And again, that that's the other part of it, right? You And Eric Name brought it up earlier today. I mentioned it already. Go back and listen to it uh, at BigShowNetwork.com. Uh, and you can hear Name talk about you, you have to figure out what do you want to take away. Do you want to take away the three? Do you want to take away the floater? Do you want to take away their lobs? What is it that you're going to attack defensively and try and take away? And what are you willing to live with going forward? That that's all of that is has to be figured out, and, and then go from there. Uh, okay, here we got a bunch of uh, tweets coming in uh, as well. Uh, so Claxton the third, all oh, not happy, not happy. Drop that Sparky promo where he says we're getting a parade, please. We always do this. Act like it's handed to us. Then we always know what happens. Claxton the third, quit being so damn scared. Just stop. Quit being scared. Quit. Y'all just need to quit being scared in general. And I will be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to thinking it's over and we're screwed and everything else. No question. This is a better basketball team than they are. We are. Even with Bud. Still a better basketball team than they are. Trey Young's not averaging 48 for the whole damn series. Not happening. And that's at that point, Drew Holiday's not averaging 33 either. But also, I don't think Chris Middleton is going to be this bad throughout the entire series either. Middleton had a couple stinkers in the last series and then found his groove and helped carry that team out of that series. Same thing could happen in this series. Matt, leaving Fiserv Forum, you're next on 1250 AM, The Fan, on the Pick and Save Basketball Postgame Show. First thing is that I thought, I don't know if it's because of the Deer District or what, but... I felt like the entire stadium didn't get in there until the second quarter. I could so be. That's, that's the first thing. Because it felt like it was dead before the entire first half. Uh, second, why are we drawing, drawing up a play? I don't like Pat. I, I, I'm Notre Dame fan. Love Notre Dame. Why are we drawing up a play for Patty to, to airball a three-pointer in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, that's one. And when you watch the Suns game and you see DeAndre Ayton making every single point in the paint, that's what we need from our MVP. But whatever, it sucks. Like, I don't understand his matchups. I don't understand what he's doing, making, uh, putting up a small lineup there. I mean, we need Yanni to... To, to make his bucket when it counts. It doesn't make any sense. Well, again, I, it, when we talk about Giannis and, and how this whole thing is going to play out, I, I, I can't look at Giannis and say, okay, you got to make your free throws, you know. 
Like I, I just, I, I'm past that. Like I, I, when he goes to the line, I'm expecting one of two. If I get more than that, great. Uh, if he misses both of them, fine. I, I just don't think you can look at Giannis and expect him to make free throws uh, in basketball missed, games. But he missed two bunnies. Oh, he did. Absolutely. Two three bunnies, and it's just like, come on, man, you're the MVP. Like you are our guy, and you're and you're missing point blank shots for, at the rim a couple of times. Bobby Portis was awesome tonight. The the entire stadium tonight erupted when he when he went off. Yeah, because everybody was waiting for Bobby Portis to play the entire last series. That was part of it. Thanks for the call. If you're leaving Pfizer form, want to hear from you. If you're leaving the Deer District, want to hear from you. Dial it up, 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Tweet us uh, as well at 1250 a.m. The Fan. We're still going to hear from uh, Coach Budenholzer. We'll hear from Giannis. All coming up here on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show. Let's go to Sean in Germantown. You're next on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show with me, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. What's up, Sean? Hey, man. Uh, I just wanted to talk about how a coach should be able to at least influence a game. There was uh, at least three fouls in the fourth quarter where there were BS calls, yet Coach Bud did not even use his coaching challenge in the second half. Yep. I, I, I have no it, idea. Why is it that a coach is not doing his part to where he can literally influence a game if he challenges one of those calls, it's a one-point game at the end of the game. Yeah, probably right. If he wins, but he's got to win, obviously. But and I, I don't. I mean, I obviously wasn't part of the presser. I'm on the air. Uh, maybe somebody asked him that in the press when we played back. We'll find out why he didn't uh, decide to use any of his challenges. A good point. Nobody else had brought it up uh, all night. Uh, Sean, where did you watch the game? Did you watch it at home or were you out and about? I was actually at the Pfizer Forum. I watched it uh, in person. Nice. So you were there. So did you agree with what the last caller said, which was it seemed like it took everybody a full quarter to get into the arena? Uh, not really. Uh, I mean, if I feel like if you watched the first quarter, there was uh, – I feel like both teams were just kind of kind of feeling each other out. Like there was nothing spectacular happening in the first quarter. Uh, I, I there's empty seats, but I mean, again, if you watch the first quarter, I don't think that either team really was doing anything to really <clears throat> hype the crowd or quiet the crowd. Sure, right? They're just missing threes, time after time after time after time. Yes, that's exactly yeah, what happened. That's, yes, that's just what the the Bucks are doing in the playoffs. Why the Hawks too? The two worst three point shooting teams in the playoffs that last round were the Bucks and the Hawks. They were the two worst three point shooting teams. That's a fact. Thanks for the call, Sean. And that continued tonight. They both still stink uh, shooting the three-pointer. Got a bunch of tweets coming in. A lot of people saying the same thing. Where was Bobby Portis in the second half? Well, hopefully Coach Bootenholzer will uh, be able to enlighten us on where he was. We'll hear from Coach Bud coming up next here on the Biggest A Basketball Postgame Show. Again, Bucks come up on the losing end, 116-113. to 113. All right, welcome back. It is the Biggest Save Basketball postgame show. Bucks come up on the losing end tonight to the Atlanta Hawks, 116-113. Time for your break of the game, brought to you by Q Club of Wisconsin. Great food and fun in Waukesha. Their entertainment room is awesome. Bocce ball, pool tables, dart boards, ping pong, foosball. I mean, if you can't have fun at Q Club of Wisconsin, I don't know what more you need, but they pretty much got everything. Not to mention all the great food, right? It's good, good stuff at Q Club of Wisconsin uh, in Waukesha. 
I don't know. I'll go to Sam Schmitz on this one. Uh, break of the game. Is the break of the game, uh, well, I mean, I, this is what I think the break of the game is. You tell me if you agree or not. Fourth quarter. Holiday will inbound. On the hop to Middleton. Drives baseline. Pops it out. Here's Connaughton for three. It's an air ball. The save attempted by Tucker and then batted it to the uh, front court by Giannis. And then Giannis fouls. To me, that was that was the break of the game. That's that was it. At that point, that was the end of it. Once he shoots up that air ball, that's you want to say the break uh, that Atlanta needed or whatever uh, on that poorly designed play or whatever you want to call it, designed for Pat Connaughton. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as much as much hope as you had right there, as soon as that shot hit the ground, just airballing it. I mean, we all lost all confidence here in the studio and all that. So. Yep. Can't really call it much of a break. It's just more of the biggest momentum killer that happened in those final couple of minutes there. Yeah, just not pretty. Really just not pretty uh, at the end of the day. We'll hear from Coach uh, Boonholzer here momentarily. Uh, first, let's go to Kwame and Harambe. You're next here on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show as the Bucks lose game one to the Hawks. How are you? All right, I want to say this to everybody that our host tonight, I believe fully in him. He has put the work in to do the diligence to make what he say correct. However, I do not always agree. Nor should you. And tonight, I was down there at the Deer District. Yeah. I've been there since the first game the Bucks played in the playoffs. Not this stuff. Even last, whenever time the Bucks play, I'm there. However, I do not appreciate the bandwagon. They were not there in the beginning. Their energy was not good. And I also disagree with the point of the game that you just said. I believe the point of the game was when Connington blocked that shot. And the great point guard for Atlanta went to the free throw on an invisible fire. I believe that was the turning point of the game. Um, I'm extremely loyal to the Bucks. And I want to say this station needs to be very, very happy that they got Mr. Pfeiffer doing his thing. Well, I appreciate it, man. I do, Kwame. I appreciate it a lot. You know, I'm telling you the truth. I you showed I, it. And I, I appreciate it. And you know something? The thing about referees um, and calls and getting calls right, getting calls wrong, I mean, you know, man, you've been a Bucks fan forever. To to go into any game, regular season or playoff game, expecting the Bucks are going to catch breaks on calls, you're kidding yourself. I mean, I, I just go into a lot of these games just figuring, look, there's going to be calls that aren't going to be in our favor or they're going to miss calls. And I think at this point, if you're Giannis and Middleton and these guys, Brooke Lopez, that have been around a while, you just have to understand that that's probably going to happen as well. You just do. I mean, outside of maybe LeBron or KD or whatever, guys that consistently get the calls or have whistles swallowed when they foul somebody else, outside of those guys – the refereeing is so inconsistent in the NBA that you just have to understand that that stuff is going to just continue to happen no matter who you're playing, obviously. I agree, but I want your listeners to know, did you hear what he just said? What he just said, the butt-naked truth to everybody out there. However, the Bucks have put in enough work that they should be above yet. Who yes. are the Atlanta Hawks? Correct. What have the Bucks done in the last four years? Yep. Come on now. We're not MVP. We should be getting those calls now. We have earned it. 
I agree. I I absolutely 110% agree. You've got a multiple time MVP. You would think I would have thought, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you told me we were going to have a multiple MVP that we would be getting calls finally, because we've never had that type of player. So you couldn't, right. And you still don't get those calls. Kwame, thanks so much for the call and the compliments. Uh, Truly do appreciate it. Let's go to uh, my guy Q on the East side. You are next on the pick and save basketball post game show. What's up Q? Hey, Sparky. So it's great to hear you after a post game show again. Like I remember back in the day when we'd win like nine games a year and you would come on every single game. Yep. That being said, there might be a little bit of a curse. The buddy who texted you might be right because you didn't have one after game six. I know you had one after game seven. And we won. (laughs) We won after game seven. But um, there's also – I can't remember the last time we had a playoff towel. And we had playoff towels tonight. Um, but the real reason I called in, don't be hard on the fans about getting in there late. They they put cages all around the Deer District. Um, I've been to every home playoff game this year. And the entrance, I I left a bar with like 35 minutes of tip-off, and I didn't get in until they were singing the national anthem. So I think people just need to figure out that the security got a little stronger after uh, Game 7 after things got out of control um, in the crowd there. So I think people get in there earlier for game two on Friday. Good piece of um, advice. Good. But um, I don't know. I still, before this series, I was saying Bucks and six, not because it's a thing because of Brandon Jennings, but because I respect the Hawks. Um, and I think the Hawks have won game one of all their series. Um, I really hope that we don't see Pat Connington play more than 20 minutes again. Oh, you will. 29 tonight. You will. And and I hope uh, we get Brooke Lopez in there because they – I mean, when we were up four late, it would have been nice to dump it down to him or have somebody else rebounding besides Giannis. They don't ever dump it down to him. That's the problem. They don't use him in that fashion, and that's what the frustrating part is. Bobby Portis plays so well, and then you don't see him again. He was actually yeah. hitting shots. He had a huge game seven, so it would be sad if if they don't start playing him some more. And uh, it was nice to have Bobby, Bobby Portis come in, but I don't know. Um, I, I hope Bud gives us a reason to keep him. Um, I'm not a big Bud fan, but it would be awesome if we wow. – if we keep him because we win it all. But there, that's the only way I could see us bringing him back. Okay, Q, thanks for the call. Um, first off, I, I think that most – well, I'm going to say most fans. Would you think it's fair, Sam, for me if I said probably a majority of fans are ready to move on from Boonholzer at this point, at least of the people we talk to and see on social media? Absolutely. I would say like, you know, three-fourths. Right. So casual fans that maybe aren't sports talk fans uh, necessarily and kind of follow the team and enjoy going to the games and don't follow it closely or whatever, they probably don't really care about Boonholzer. In their mind, oh, love me some bud, man. They Look at all the games they've won these last few years. Giannis is multiple MVP. So those fans are totally fine. But those fans that follow this team night in and night out and watch the games all year and are sitting there analyzing one thing after another, those are the fans, mostly, uh, that have had their fill of Budenholzer at this point. I think that's probably the best way to analyze it. Now, that doesn't speak for everybody because Gary and Leroy watch these games, uh, and both of them, uh, for the most part, uh, have gone out of their way to say that, you know, this isn't all on Budenholzer. you got to blame the players, too, and so forth, and... Uh, so you have that angle, too, to go well, along with it. I 
Don't know if Bud feels safe, necessarily. We had Peter Fagan, the president of the Bucks, in the big show I've talked about. He said, well, went out of his way to talk about the great job that Boonholzer has done, talked about the great job that John Horace has done as far as assembling the roster and building culture and, and things. More people need to give him credit because he doesn't get enough. Went out of his way to praise Middleton um, and saying, you know, he also deserves more credit than he gets, obviously, uh, around town. So those were kind of the three guys that Peter Fagan went out of his way to kind of promote and push. Now, do I think Peter Fagan has a big say in what Mark Lazary decides to do? I don't know. I No idea. If Peter Fagan has a big say in what's about to happen after this season, then I think Boonholzer is back for another year. If Peter Fagan has a big say, and if John Horst has a big say, I think Boonholzer is back. But if Mark Lazary is saying, I'm going to do what I want to do, I'm the governor of this team, I'm the majority owner, and I'll do what I want, and you all just fall in line behind me. If that's how this is going to play, then I don't, I don't, I'm not convinced Boonholzer is safe yet. That, that's where I'm at. But clearly, if Peter Fagan has a say, and he's going to be listened to, I think Boonholzer is back and Horse. Uh, and if Horse has a say, obviously he himself will be back, and Boonholzer will be back. I think those three are all tied to the hip together at this point. Now Fagan's here, regardless of what happens. Lazarus not moving on from Peter Fagan. He's way, way too good at what he does. So that's not happening. Uh, Horst and Boonholzer, uh, that, I have no clue how far that's going to go. None, none whatsoever. Mike in River Falls, you're next on 1250 AM. The Fan, Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show. Bucks lose to the Hawks Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. What's up? Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, just a disgusting, uh, disgusting loss tonight. Uh, Bucks really gagged this one in. Uh, before I get to my points, uh, I think Rick Carl, uh, Coach Bud better have, look over his shoulder. Rick Carl is salivating to get this job, and I think it's an unspoken word. If, if, if the Bucks don't get to the finals, I think Bud is out, and Rick Carlo, in my opinion, is going to be the next head coach, which, in, which to me would be an upgrade, honestly. Obviously an upgrade, but yes. I just think I just think he's a better game manager. Of course. Um, as far as the game tonight. And he has a ring. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually going to have real talent here in Milwaukee, unlike what they had with Dallas around Luka. Um, as far as the game tonight, uh, the Bucks really got to change the way they, they defend the pick and roll because Trey Young is just an assassin when it comes at it. He's probably the best in the league when it comes to that. And the lob to uh, Capella or John Collins, uh, they brought in Drew Holiday for assignments like this. You're an all team all team defender. You have to if they have to go even full court, put pressure on Trey Young, man. You're making it look too easy. And this guy right now is playing the best basketball probably along with Booker of anybody in the playoffs. So I would like to see him. Force them out of that pick and roll because if they don't, I think I think the Bucks are going to go out like the Knicks and, and Sixers did. Uh, a lot of Bucks fans before the series started thought this would be an easy series. Uh, the Hawks are, are a damn good team, man. And even though they have a, a, a great, a big, huge name besides Trey Young, those guys are all damn good players. So I hope they change their adjustment. And do you expect them to do that? Because if they don't, they're going to lose the series. Mike, Trey Young is just all world when it comes to that. I'll take your thoughts on that. Mike, Thanks hold on. Don't hang up, Mike. Don't yeah. hang up. Let's yeah. talk. Let's talk. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So let, let's go over a couple of things. Who do you think is the more talented team? The, uh, the Bucks. But okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Okay. So you think the Bucks are the more talented team? Okay. Who do you yeah. think is a better game coach, McMillan or Boonholzer? Oh, M- McMillan. Sorry. Okay. Next. Let's move on. Who do you think is the best player in the series? 
Well, obviously, it's got to be Giannis, but right now, who's playing better? It's Trey. Okay. Giannis, if you're going on history, yes, but if you're talking about right now, it's Trey. So if it's Giannis and Trey, Trey and Giannis, whatever. Once you get past yeah. them, who are the next two best players in the series? Uh, you probably got to go, I'll probably say Middleton and probably Holiday. Right. So three of the four best players in the series, and you have the most talented team. I struggle to see that they're going to lose this series. I mean, you are asking an awful lot of Trey Young to throw up 48 on a given night consistently in order to win this series. And you would literally have to, A, make no adjustments and let him just get to the rim at will whenever he wants, which is Boonholzer, so you never know. But that, that obviously would have to happen in order for him to get to 48 points. And B, the other thing that would have to happen in order for you to to lose this series is you would have to continue to get absolutely owned on the boards by Collins and Capella. And I honestly do not think that this Bucks team is going to allow that to continue to happen the rest of this series. I, I just uh, don't. Maybe have, I'm wrong. We assume wrong, but fellas, uh, the playoffs this year, it's been way off script. And yes. right now Atlanta is playing better than anybody. They were, remember, they were supposed to lose to Philly in five. Sure. Philly's the most talented pay, uh, team. Uh, and what happened to them? They got too cocky. They got well, out of themselves, obviously. But look at Philly. But hold game. on. I mean, hold on. You have a you have a choke in a head coach in Doc Rivers. You have right. the underachiever of all time in, in Ben Simmons on that team as well. You have a right. guy playing with a banged-up knee in Embiid with a, a meniscus tear. I mean, Philly had a lot of stuff not going necessarily in their direction in that game. And again, Atlanta deserves credit without right. doubt for beating Philly. Yes, I agree, Mike. Thanks for the call. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you know, Atlanta is a bad basketball team or anything else. I'm just laying out the facts. The Bucs are a more talented team. The Bucs have three of the four best players in the series. Some of you may take McMillan over Boonholzer in a one-on-one matchup as far as coaching goes. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. You'd have to have numerous things go wrong in this series to lose this series in seven games to the Atlanta Hawks. You would. You would have to have a horrible amount of breaks because this isn't a scenario where you're down two players to injury and it's Giannis against the world in Atlanta and it's Giannis versus Trey Young and then role players versus each team trying to figure it out. Your three, your quote, big three are healthy. You would need to be able to finish when your big three is healthy. Irv on the south side, you're next on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show after the Bucks lose to the Hawks game one. Hey, listen, last week, uh, my my buddy Bales, he texted me. He's like, dude, I can't believe Bucks fans are still calling for Boomer Colzer's head and they're in the finals. And I said, just because they're in the finals, they don't still mean that he's in the finals because of the talent he has on his team. But he's still a bad game manager. And tonight it showed, you know, how many times you're going to get beat by the pick and roll by a toddler. I you know I'm not saying Trey Young is a toddler, but he's a buck fifty. Not even you know six one or six two, and you're not putting a body on them or checking them at you know making them do something else. Like the kid had that shot the whole game. Like I I never expected him to score uh, almost fifty points on Drew Holiday, but he did. And there was no adjustments made. And like I said, I was saying it last week in the, in, in the other series. You know, is Pat Connaughton uh, Bootenholzer's love child? Like, what is his loyalty? Loves him. Do? Loves like, him. I don't get it. Like. You know, if okay, so y'all not playing defense because this dude scored 47 points. So at least you should have your best shooters, uh, percentage-wise, in the game to try to outscore the team. Ford should be in the game, or Porter should be in the game. 
And I don't even think um, P.J. Tucker is going to be an asset to us in this, uh, in this I series. Because I said that in the beginning of the show. Player. I agree. He, he's a floor player. Like he's, There's no right really for him to have to check. He can't keep up with Trey Young. That's their best player. So I think he should be on the bench and have Portis and Forbes in there, you know, 80% of the time. You know, if Thompson needs to come in and give somebody rest, oh, well. But uh, like the other caller said, get Carl out of here, get Donnie Nelson Jr. here. I, you know, even if they make win the championship, it's going to be pure based on the talent that he has on the team, not the coaching. All right. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Irv, got one more in here. got to listen to Coach Boonholzer. Let's go to Mario on the north side. You are next on the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show. Hey, Spark. What's going on, man? Oh, no still loss to start off a seven-game yeah. series against yeah, a team I that know, shouldn't man. beat you. Go ahead. But you see why people want Bud to go. I don't, Like you said it earlier, I don't understand. Why are you trying to play with the, uh, the style of the other team? We're supposed to be this big physical Size, more size than team, yet we want to play small with them. You, you just giving them the advantage. Correct. And this drop coverage in the pick and roll, it's like Trey gonna eat, and that's exactly what he, um, what he did. That straight up on board. But to me, the turning point was you letting the Hawks get three, four rebound, and Collins hitting that three. You up Huge. by four, you couldn't get one, one down rebound. Yep. And you let Collins hit. That was the turning point. Agreed. Yep. And to me, again, another thing with Bud, he should have challenged on that call when content punt on um, block Trey Young Milton and didn't touch him. Nope, didn't. And, and that was brought up earlier too. He never he never used the challenge. And Reggie, even Reggie Miller said I, I, he should have challenged that and he never did. He was sitting there with that same goofy look looking at the referee and he just just let it on. But see, you know what? And I, I agree with you that it's on Bootenholzer, but at the same point, if you're an assistant coach and you see it on replay and Bootenholzer misses it, somebody should run up to him and go, dude, you got to challenge that. Like, there's, that yeah. wasn't a foul. You got to do something. Like, yeah. one of his assistant coaches need to say something. Like, if That's he misses good. it, then somebody else, you've got 30 freaking coaches on the sidelines. Somebody needs like, to say you, something. You can't look up. That just is crazy. Yeah, I, I hear you. Thanks for the call, Mario. Yep, take care. Yep. Well, I'll pray for Gary, and I'll pray for Leroy tomorrow. I, I will. I, I'll pray for him because it's going to be four hours of people killing Bud tomorrow. That's what it is. And, and I don't know if Gary's going to defend him or not. I'm pretty sure Leroy will because he always does. So that, that and you're going to be producing the show, Sam. Tim's going to be trying to to maintain, but I don't think – is Tim a Bud guy? I don't know if I don't I don't know he, if Tim is really a Boonholzer guy. He was kind of defending him the past couple of days. Right. Well, we'll say if he defends him tomorrow. That'll be fun. I'm gonna be I'll probably have to listen on the Odyssey app if I'm gonna listen. It all depends on how crazy my life gets tomorrow as we're down there with the team. Um but either way, uh tomorrow morning, six AM, Bart Winkler, ten o'clock, Gary Leroy, Tim Allen. 2 o'clock, Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami filling in for me the next couple of days. Then 3 o'clock, Rami does his own show uh, as well. And uh, make sure to tune it all in here in the next uh, 24 hours or so. And then Friday night, Bart right back on the air here doing this show, Pick and Save Basketball postgame show. Evan Heffelfinger producing for him. Uh, Sam and I will both be off Friday night. We both return for the next three postgame shows after that. Uh, That'll be Sunday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night. Because right now, well... I'm going to assume it's going to be five games. I'm going to assume the Bucs are going to win one of these games here, you know, 
they have to win Friday, right? I mean, I'm not going to say it's a must win. I guess this could be the exact opposite of the last series where you lose two in Milwaukee, you go win two in Atlanta, and then we go back and forth trying to uh, have somebody win on their own home court. All right, uh, Coach Boonholzer spoke after uh, the Bucks loss, and this is what he said. Hey, bud. Um, can you take us through that ATO late uh, that gets past the, the three on the right wing? Just kind of what were you guys – was that the shot you guys were after? And then um, any thoughts to having that be a better shooter like Brent or someone like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris got the ball kind of a mid-post, wing ISO, drove it, um, and kicked it to uh, to Pat. You know, there's a there's a little bit of a differential, and um, you know, if you score, you need to get a stop. So, I ton of confidence in Pat. Love him shooting that shot. Love the pass. Love the shot. Um, you know, so I think we were gonna we were gonna go quick, and and Chris got a great you know I think penetration and um, made a good decision. And then you got to go play defense. So we, we make. Then you got to get a stop. Um, so I I love the pass. I love the shot. You guys were in the drop for most of the night, and then you go small and switch some with Giannis late. Just what did you like about that? And then is, I guess, going forward, is that something you feel like can really be successful for you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about changing up the looks. Um, and I think we just, we, you know, we probably got to do more. Um, but, you know, I think he got to the free throw line. Uh, Young got to the free throw line in the second half. Um, you know, I think eight free throws. And, and I think, you know, maybe we got a little bit better um, defensively. But, um, we're gonna have to get a lot better going into game two. So, um, and I think throwing a different, uh, di- throwing young different looks is gonna be important. You guys go with a nine-man rotation. I had been seven for the final couple games. Just specifically with Jeff T, what was the thought process for trying to get him six minutes, and then while he's in, also having him cover Trey? Yeah, no, I mean, I think you know he's he's played either with or against um, you know both Young and Williams a lot, and um, I think you know this is a series where he can help us. So. Um, you know, Bobby, um, you know, gave us a great boost. So, um, both those guys, along with Brandon and Pat off the bench, are going to be important. Like, um, so I guess, you know, going small, obviously a trade off there is, is the size, the offensive rebounding from Capella Collins late that sets up those three. So, in those instances, I, I know that's those are hustle plays, but is that is that the hard part of making that trade off there? Of needing team rebound. Yeah, no, we, we knew those those guys go to the offensive boards hard. Um, they had a couple of timely ones. Um, you know, I think they had multiple possessions, and and, and uh, Collins hits the corner three. And um, you know, I think we'll look at the film. I think we got to rebound better. Um, you know, all collectively, whether we're big or small, or whoever's out there, um, the boards are going to be important. You the, the few days coming into this, talking about the the team being sort of ready for this, no emotional lows, all that kind of thing. Um, as it was, Trey Young was getting going, and it, it this looked like, I guess, their previous two game ones on the road. Um, I guess, what, how did you sense that going? Was, was it Trey was just being Trey, or was your team maybe not matching that that effort and intensity, whatever, that sort of intangible type of thing? There, game one? No, I mean, I think, you know, the guys uh... – you know, there were some good stretches, um, you know, in both halves, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there were times in the first half where I thought we could maybe bust it open. Um, and they, you know, they stayed and and it flipped. Um, so I, I think the, the effort, um, the intensity is there. You know, he's, Young's a great player. Um, he had a great night. Give him credit. Um, 
you know, we feel like we can play better. I'm sure they're going to think they can play better. Um, we got to get ready for a game two to get better. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, a great, great effort by Drew. Um, you know, he got to some good spots, got some good looks, got some kick out threes. Um, you know, so we just, we need, you know, everybody to play well. But, you know, I think, um, you know, just uh, the matchups, hopefully he can con continue to get to his spots, get to his shots, um, you know, against this team. There is Joshua. Hey, but sorry if you talked mentioned this a little bit before. My feet caught out, cut out a little bit. But that third quarter is kind of where the Hawks kind of made a little bit of the run, took a little bit of control. What did you see from your guys offensively in that quarter, and then also defensively that kind of led to that that deficit in that quarter? Yeah, you know we'll need to look at the foul, but um, you know I, I think that uh, you know like I said, the, the free throws I thought hurt us, but that was maybe more the fourth quarter, third quarter. You know, they just, they got, they got on a little bit of run, you know, most of the game, the ball's in Young's hands. So, um, you know, got some floaters, but then they got a couple of the, you know, lob dunks and um, Capella scored a little bit. Uh, and offensively, it just didn't seem like we moved quite as well. But, you know, I think there's some, some opportunities that, you know, we take again where, you know, good shots and good looks and feel like we're going to play better going into game two. Last one here to Ben Golliver. You had 70 points in the paint tonight. You mentioned you liked the look for Connaughton. Did you also like your late game offense kind of around that where you're getting downhill and you honestly getting a lot of stuff going with that? Yeah, no, I mean, there was some some good stuff from, uh, from you know, particularly Drew and Giannis, um, you know, two-man game. And so um, we just, we need we need everybody to participate. And, uh, I mean, I think everybody will, will just continue to get better going into the second game. Mike, real quick, I'm sorry. There were a handful of plays late. Uh, Why did you like elect not to use a challenge? Like, how, what was that kind of process there? With, with I know there were a handful that maybe you could have, I guess, or maybe not. I based, based on what you saw. Well, I mean, a couple of them. You know, the the the, re, the, the replay board is pretty quick, and um, you know, I thought I thought they were decent calls, or the correct call it was not worth you know not having it for the end of the game. Um, you know, the out of bounds was a big one um, at 301. Um, you know, so um, the referees can't can't go to the review until two. And um, you know, that that's probably the one that stands out to me. The others I think were were good calls. Thanks, guys. Well, there you go. All you fans were wrong on the calls that you thought were bogus calls. Bud says, oh, the rest of them were all good calls by the ref. Okay. KJ in Greenfield, you're next on the Pick and Save Basketball Post Game Show with me, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, after the Bucks lose to the Hawks in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Hey, Sparky. What's up? Uh, CJ from Greendale, not Greenfield. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I'm calling in to say our lack of inside game. Um, I'm kind of an old-school guy where I like to see the back-to-the-basket – you know, back it down, and then work off of that. And we have none of that. Everything is launching three-pointers, pick-and-roll, jump shot, whatever you want to say. But we need some old-school basketball. They're not going to play old-school basketball. Well, I'm just saying, they. you know, we have access to Kareem. Giannis 
needs a skyhook. He would be unstoppable if he could get a skyhook. He's got a baby hook around the rim. In nah, fact, man, he used it the last game and said, "Yeah, I love, I love, I love my hook." Man hasn't hey. used it since Jason Kidd left. Right, right. Screw the baby hook. Do the real hook, like Kareem. Yeah, who's yeah. unstoppable. I know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yep. what we need. Work off of that old school basketball. Well, you would need a coach that believes. Well, right, but you would need a coach to believe in actually playing in the paint, which this one does not believe in. I, I agree. I totally agree, and that's that's where the problem is. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Thanks for the call, KJ in Greendale, not Greenfield. And if you know anything about Greendale and Greenfield, eh, kind of a rivalry, eh, kind of a big thing. Uh, okay, so uh, let's take a quick time. I'll come back. We'll hear from Giannis. Very anxious. We'll hear from Giannis, and then we'll wrap it up. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Bucks lose tonight to the Atlanta Hawks, 116-113. to 113. Uh, And you're listening to the Pick and Save Basketball Postgame Show here on The Fan. All right, welcome back. The Milwaukee Bucks lose to the Atlanta Hawks game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. It is the Pick and Save Basketball post game show. Steve Sparky Fiverr with you. 116 to 113, the Atlanta Hawks over the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, when the Bucks win, you win at Wendy's. That's part of the deal. Get yourself a free Frosty. That's good for 24 hours. No purchase necessary. Chocolate or vanilla. We had Frosties in the studio for the uh, big show today. Uh, Sam, did. You, did uh, Plucker, save you, Dan Plucker, save you a frost. You were you able to get one oh, yeah. today? Yeah, I had two. Rami had one because we t- we were hoping it would make his uh, voice sound a little better. Did not. Did not happen, and no. And then uh, our boy Evan Heffelfinger also had one, so thank you, Wendy's. Oh, good. I'm glad everybody was able to uh, get in on the action. Uh, yeah, very, very good, uh, as always with that. So, again, if, if the Bucks win at some point again uh, in this series, they will. I, I think they'll win the series, obviously, still. Uh, every time they win, get 24 hours, go to – Wendy's, get yourself a free Frosty after a Bucks win. Good for uh, 24 hours. All right. So, now, having said all of that, uh, let's hear from Giannis, who himself uh, had a, a big night tonight, right? And, well, maybe not big by his standards, but 34 points, 12 boards, 9 assists, couple steals, couple blocks, 3 turnovers, 14 to 25 from the floor, 6 of 8 from the line, 0 of 2 from the 3-point line in 41 minutes. Giannis talked after the game. And this is what it sounded like. I guess for you, just as you guys are going down the stretch late. I've missed you, by the way. It's good to see you face to face. Um, Pat gets a great look, misses it. Kind of what's your message to him? And I know execution-wise, you're going to be happy with it, right? It's it's an open three. But how do you kind of try to keep him high and and get him to that? It was a great look. Great look. Um, Did not fall. Did not go our way. But at the end of the day, execution-wise, it was great. You know, it was wide open. Uh, he made a bunch of shots like that before. So uh, make or miss, we live with that. You know, um, so yeah, keep got to keep his head high. Uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to make that shot again in the series. So uh, we believe in him and uh, we live with his shots. What did you like about the middle pick and roll with Drew? You got a couple lobs laid on that. Just kind of what were you seeing? Um, you know, I just seen seeing Clint Capella, you know, playing back and uh, just having Drew coming out of the pick and roll keeps him guessing. And now you got me rolling, uh, 
you got Drew coming with the ball for a jump shot, for a layup. You need somebody help, over help. I think please wide open. For you defensively, uh, you guys are obviously in the drop most of the night and trying to turn Trey kind of into a floater shooter, but you guys switched late. Uh, what did you like about that? But I, I do know you're getting more deep shots, but then you give up, I think, three or four offensive rebounds late. Like, is that the trade-off or kind of what's your thoughts there? Yeah, we got to do a better, better job uh, rebounding. Uh, but at the end of the day, I feel like him going to his floor, getting downhill for the labs, and uh, that's just like comfort zone. And uh, I think you just got to make it as tough as possible for him uh, and make him play a lot of one-on-one. Uh, but at the end of the day, like he had 48 points, right? 48 points, like he's a great player. Like he's going to score with a bunch, you know, and uh, he has the ball uh, a lot in his hands. Uh, but we just got to make the stuff as possible. We got to be physical with him. Uh, we, we don't have to send him to the free throw line. Like we just got to make it from from the first minute to the last minute tough. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Good to see you. Um, well, Last series, you know, you guys and PJ talked about like when, you know, Kevin got going, the, the frustrating part was when the, the teammates picked it up. What Was it the lobs that happened late, like Clint and John and some of those things? So it wasn't just a floater. And all of a sudden the other guys are getting involved in that third quarter, that fourth quarter run. Is that, do you think that was more the frustrating part defensively in terms of turning the game? Who was frustrated? PJ? Uh, no, it, it with, with, Trey getting the lobs to John, to Clint, to kind of get the rest of the team going. Was that more frustrating as a defense as opposed to Trey, you know, getting in there and getting the lob, uh, just a floater? It was frustrating. We just got to do a better job. Now, uh, it's possible that we lost the game, but that's specific part. We just got to do a better job. The guy from the mid guy, the low man guy, got to come and help. Got to show his body, you know. Uh, but I think the most frustrating part of about this game is the offensive rebounds. Like, they got two, three offensive rebounds back-to-back, back and they got a three out of it, you know. And um, they got the game-winning uh, bucket out of it, uh, Clint Capella, when they went up one. I think that's the most frustrating part. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can make an adjustment, uh, make it tough for uh, Trey Young, make it tough for those guys to not get easy looks for the lobs. Uh, and hopefully we can put ourselves in a position to win game two. Is the offensive rebounding difficult to a degree when it is 28 feet, 30 foot shots? Yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, it's harder because he, the ball bounces long. So it makes it a lot harder for, uh, for us to rebound. And um, especially when you switch, when Brooke is out there, when I'm out there, you know, guarding Trey Young and he shoots over us. And then now uh, Clint Capella is in the dunker with uh, Collins's from the wing or from the uh, corner so it makes it a lot of hard but at the end of the day you got to find a way to get it done you know with the Easter guys fans you got to find a way to get it done and uh, we're going to watch the tape tomorrow um, make some adjustment and uh, come back to game two and uh, put ourselves in a position to win the game hopefully and we'll go to Malika Barnes and Steve and then we'll go to Zoom yeah, I have uh, two years when you're talking about offensive rebounding is it a matter of looking at the film and figuring out some schematic way to make an adjustment or is it effort or is it uh, it's effort. Effort. You, know, you got to compete. You got to put your body in the line. You got to box out. Uh, you got to be a little bit physical. Uh, it's more, it's more uh, effort. And secondly, uh, Trey was just asked about the shimmy before he hit that three. He said, I had time to. I had the time to. I'm wondering when that happens. I'm 
as someone who takes a lot of pride in your game, do you take that personally? No, he's just he's just having fun. He's enjoying the game. Um, obviously, I wouldn't want him to make the shot, but uh, he's having fun. He's um, you know enjoying the game, and uh, we're going to do the same as a team. We're going we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy the game, and. Um, there's going to be times that, you know, Bryn or Drew might shame me or whatever the case might be, you know, or I might meet my It's just part of the game, you know, so there's nothing, you know, you, don't, you can't take that person. Is it easier than it used to be to be down one, 1-0 in a playoff series and be okay mentally? And just what I mean by that is you guys went through such a rough series last series and came to it and there's been a bunch of crazy – two deficits reversals this year. I'm just wondering if you feel just better or more comfortable down 1-0 knowing that's a long series and maybe you would have to pass. Uh, it's, it, no, it's not, not easy. You never, you never get easy. Uh, you, know, you don't want to lose. You, know, you don't want to be down. Uh, but at the end of the day, as I said, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. You got to come out, game two, try to compete. And... Uh, and wish for the best, you know. But uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't get easy. It doesn't matter if we were down 2-0 or broken. That was a different series, you know. That doesn't mean that we might get, uh, we might be down 1-0 one, one or 2 or and get back. It might be a totally different case. So it never gets easy. Uh, at the end of the day, we got to come. As I said, we got to do our job. We got we to gotta be better. See? We're going to have like a 9-0 run to get up 7 about 4-plus minutes left in the game. All your other home playoff games, and you've gone on those runs before, before you know, to put games away. This time, they were able to turn it around really quick. What, what was the difference this time around? I think they did, did, did a good job executing. They did a good job executing. Got to the free throw line. Um, got some offensive uh, rebounds. And we, we got some good looks that didn't go in, so they were able to get back to the game and uh us by three. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. All right, there is Giannis talking after the game. The Bucks uh, come up on the losing end, 116 to 113. That will do it uh, for the Pick and Save Basketball postgame show tonight. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, they're going to win game two. They're going to win the game two. They have to win game two. They're going to win game two. And Trey Young's not going to get 48 again. Drolity probably won't get 33 again either. But Bucks will win game two at Fiserv Forum on Friday night. And if I'm wrong, Bart Winkler will be here to deal with the fallout. Uh, he'll be hosting the show on Friday night. Evan Heffelfinger producing. Sam Schmitz did a wonderful job producing tonight. Uh, thanks to him. Uh, I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Enjoy the rest of the evening if you can. Tomorrow, 6 a.m., Bart Winkler show will be taking your calls till 10. Wendy's Big Show, 10 till 2. Rami in for me on Sparky's Midday Madness, 2 to 3. And then 3 to 6 with him. Lots and lots of Bucks, Hawks talk, and lots and lots of venting tomorrow here on 1250 AM The Fan. CBS Sports Radio up next. Have a good night. Toodles! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.